today on the Tearsheet Podcast. So we're at Fearless in Fintech, which is a conference that was designed not necessarily to be for women in fintech, but to spotlight and amplify the voices of professionals in fintech that happen to be women. Um, it's probably about a 30% male to 70% female ratio, which is pretty much flipped with the regular fintech conference. Um, but it's just a great conversation and it's a great way to, again, not to talk about gender in fintech, but to highlight professional accomplishments. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. Today's episode is kind of a special one. We have Doug Nielsen, SVP Innovation R&D at US Bank, and Jane Barrett, Chief Advocacy Officer at MX, joining us from yesterday's Fearless in Fintech conference. The pair discussed the importance of creating and maintaining male allies in financial services, the workplace, and the world, really. In an industry that is lopsided in gender parity, financial services definitely has an opportunity to do better. Doug and Jane explain how individuals and organizations can be better. I'm Jane Barrett. I'm the Chief Advocacy Officer at MX. And I'm Doug Nielsen. I'm the SVP of Innovation Research and Development at U.S. Bank. And so, Jane, would you like to um, take us through sort of what it means to be a male ally and sort of the, the I guess, the, the culture of um, financial services in today's market? Yeah, it's a, I think, a truth universally acknowledged that generally women haven't been all that welcome in finance or technology. So the overlap of those two in the Venn diagram can be sometimes a tricky place for women to be. Um, there has been countless column inches and webinars and podcasts about women in finance. Um, the key issue is it tends to be women talking to other women. And until men are a part of the conversation, understand some of the broader implications, and more importantly, what to do, like how to be an ally, um, I think it's so perfect that Doug Nielsen is here because he is such a public ally. I mean, it's not like it's your title, but I mean, really, <laughs> Doug is extremely good at um, not just, you know, I am here to support women in, in sort of headline only, but to be at that genuine networker, to be someone who forges opportunities for other people. And, you know, it's not just women, it's women and people of color and just making sure there's more inclusiveness generally in the financial services industry. So, you know, to be a male ally really means to bring others along who are not necessarily like you. Got it. And I guess, Doug, um, maybe you could take us a little bit through your own personal story and, and, and how you became a male ally. That's a great question. And I can look at it. It wasn't something that was just a boom, there I was and <laughs> out in the front lines. It really kind of started, I think, early on in my life. Uh, I grew up in a small uh, college town. My dad was a professor. And I was just used to seeing um, men and women in, I guess, equal roles, if you will. So, you know, two, two professor families, things of that nature. So that just seemed normal. Um, I went from, you know, graduating undergrad and teaching. And so I was used to seeing, you know, fellow teachers of all genders, sexes, creeds, colors, and principals, assistant principals. And so it, it frankly came as a little bit of a shock when I came into the corporate world when it wasn't necessarily the same scenario. And I was, I've mostly been in the financial services world and more in product development where there's that intersection of tech and, and finance. Um, I think I was fortunate in that the first uh, 20 years of my professional career was at American Express. And I really had some very good role models both, I guess you'd say on the male side, but also just in having really good women bosses, uh, both in the U.S. and um, 
in Europe when I was based out of the UK for a while. So I think it's, um, it was gradually I became to, came to realize that, oh, I guess not everybody thinks the same way as I do. Um, and so I've kind of been on a gradual, I guess, journey, if you will, to both try to, I guess, make sure that I keep my own eyes and ears open by kind of not getting stuck in the boys club echo chamber, if you will, in that trying to make sure that I'm exposing myself to really what are the issues. So that's, that could be informally just talking to, you know, to other uh, female colleagues, making sure that when I'm at events that I'm, you know, not just sticking with the old gang um, and tr trying to consciously network uh, from that perspective. So that as Jane was mentioning, you know, just starting what it could just be, you know, you connect with somebody at a, at a conference, you start going back and forth on LinkedIn or on Twitter. And then all of a sudden you, you see if there's some collaboration opportunities and, that can sometimes that happen. So it's been a, it's been a gradual uh, evolution, I guess you'd say. So I guess the the term ally also um, infers that it's not just something internal, but that you're actually there's there's something not required, but something that you're doing to be an ally. There's an activity. What what out what outward activities? I guess you you just talked about some some of your personal um, sort of behavior. Mm -hmm. Are are there things that you help to spread throughout the organization, whether formally or informally? A couple things, um, I guess internally, um, I always try to make sure that I am, I guess, visible and in attendance at as many, I guess, diverse type uh, environments. So we've got what they call business resource groups at U.S. Bank that that cover a lot of different, um, you know, I guess, types of, of people. And just to make sure that I'm, I'm open and hearing all the different voices. I also make sure that from a mentorship perspective, both formal and informal within the bank, that I'm if especially if women in kind of fintech reach out to me to want to have uh, a mentorship relationship that i i try to make sure that i can fit that into my schedule so that's kind of more of the, the formal part of it um i guess another formal part of, of it that's i guess kind of sounds basic but doesn't always happen is whenever i'm looking for either new staff or looking for people to promote that i'm looking at a diverse slate of candidates so that you're not just again looking at the same five white guys <laughs> uh, for a new position and so, Jane, from your perspective, it sounds like there's, to be a male ally in the workplace, particularly in financial services, um, it requires, I guess, a lot of visibility that Doug's describing, just that Doug has to show up in the right places at the right time, I guess, as, as, as an example to other men in, in the industry. Mm -hmm. um, do you see that playing a role? Um, absolutely. I think that visibility and the more natural it is for someone of Doug's stature and reputation to be able to intervene at the right moments and say things like, actually, why don't we bring Alice into this team? She's amazing. Or, you know, maybe Katie hasn't had that much experience with this, but I think she's got great potential. And just that very sort of intentional inclusiveness that um, others can see and follow, but normalize. This shouldn't be something like, oh, you get a cookie for this, Doug, because yeah. you're awesome. Mm -hmm. It should be just normal behavior because, mm -hmm. You know, like you said, this is great teams come from more mm -hmm. diverse inputs. So mm -hmm. I think the visibility part is really important. Um, and not even, it doesn't have to be those giant implication, let's change someone's career. It could be something really small, like praise mm -hmm. or interjecting if someone's been interrupted or mm -hmm. correcting, mm -hmm. pointing out if it's, uh, you know, someone's had, I do love the term appropriation, if some guy has taken a woman's idea. <laughs> it's actually, Jane, that was your idea, wasn't it? That's great. Right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's 
just a, and I think the more that people do it, I think there are like people like Doug who it is very natural. He's not trying to call attention. He can sit. You know, I had a, uh, a round table event with Doug and I think there was 12 women and Doug at the table. Nobody called it out. It wasn't weird. It was just like you show up and you respect and listen and contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not about gender. It's about being professional at that mm-hmm. point. So I, I guess what I'm, I'm also trying to understand is how do, how do we move beyond Doug's work? How do, we, how do we light the fire? How do we grease the wheels so that Doug's exemplary behavior does spill over to, to his male peers? Is there a way to formalize that, I guess? Or maybe it's not. Maybe it's just, it, it, this has to be sort of grassroots and day-in, day-out type of exemplary behavior. Well, you know, I, I think some of it can be, I guess you'd say, formal. In other words, a lot of times when, if I'm sitting around and listening to some of my male peers say, I don't see what, I don't see what the problem is. There's no problem like, here. Yeah, like, ladies like, yeah, have like, everything. Yeah, nothing to say here. Uh, and say, well, okay, well, have you guys actually talked to your staff your female staff about this. Have you been to a conference where you're hearing different voices from that perspective? So I think from that perspective, there's ways to just say, get to a environment where you can actually start learning. So I kind of feel like that's the first step for just about any guy in this kind mm-hmm. of scenario is to say, well, you probably don't know what the real world is like for your counterparts. You haven't walked in their shoes. When you start doing that, you know, then it, yeah, I think it becomes more natural so that it just kind of becomes, oh, okay. And then again, some of it can just be that, you know, when you're, it's like if you're an introvert and you're kind of scared to say, well, gosh, I'm not sure if I want to reach out to this person. They're a couple levels up. Well, you know, it's, it's encouraging your staff to, to do that. Say, Hey, if you want to have a conversation about your career, if you, if you want something more specific in your development plan to be really intentional about mm-hmm. it. Have you seen an improvement, I guess, in overall um, with the rise of fintech and some of the startup culture? Have either of you seen, I guess we'll start with Jane, um, an improvement, I guess, in, in, in sort of parity in the workplace? Um, I think the, the numbers say no. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at like venture numbers, mm-hmm. um, you look at gender pay gap numbers. I think what has changed, which probably is, again, it's far too slow, but it is a um, somewhat heartening change, is that the conversation has shifted from being a, there's no problem here, to, well, maybe there's something that could be done. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there is, traditionally, it was like, you know, it's women's conferences, or it's the women in fintech night, and only women show up, and they all talk about being a woman in fintech, and Mm -hmm. frankly, it's both exhausting and not terribly productive because we didn't really cause the issue mm-hmm. and it's very mm-hmm. difficult to solve a problem mm-hmm. from the outside in. Mm-hmm. So having more, um, just more very visible conversations, having again, very specifics, mm-hmm. you know, specifics around what people could do. And one thing that has changed, I'd say significantly in the last few years is just that, you know, the appreciation of the concept of a man of the all male panel mm-hmm. and having many men will say, I'm not going to speak on one. And that mm-hmm. has been profound. And you look at mm-hmm. some of the both sort of general financial services conferences, mm-hmm. as well as fintech conferences, it's very unusual. I wouldn't say very mm-hmm. unusual, but it's noticeable when a manual does happen versus it being the norm literally mm-hmm. three years yeah. ago. <laughs> That's true. true. 
So uh, if I could be so bold, I, I have a personal case study. I mean, Tearsheet likes to tell the stories of, of the evolving culture and, and products within, within the financial services space. And when we run events, um, we go out with the intention to, to have um, gender parity on, on our panels and our speakers. The numbers, as you said, Jane, don't speak for that. And, um, you know, there's a conversion rate between asking senior executives and how many of them accept your invitation to speak at the event. So it ends up, you know, sort of representing the, the general population numbers. And it's a struggle. It's a struggle to find high-level high women who are willing to speak on, uh, you know, not about gender, but just about anything. So, like, uh, how, how, would you approach it? Uh, how would you approach it if you were the conference organizer in this case? I mean, so it's a numbers game, right? You, for every senior woman you ask and ask a senior dude, like there's only 15, like say 15, 20% of women in those levels. Mm -hmm. So they're probably getting asked 10 times as much as the average dude. Mm -hmm. Of course, the guy's like, sweet, I get to speak at Teshit, there's rocks, right? And everyone's mm -hmm. like, you're the fourth person to ask me today to come to a conference. <laughs> um, and, I, and that is from experience. I do get asked a lot and some of it feels like this really feels like a stretch to have me at your blockchain conference because i don't do anything there but, um, but i would ask everyone who you invite and especially the the women who you invite and can't do it ask them for three recommendations and then ask those three recommendations for three and there are countless like databases out there of you know women who should be on boards and women who should be speakers and like there are a lot of public resources um if if you really want to set a professional woman's hair on fire, tell them how, you know, they asked Sheryl Sandberg to speak and she wasn't available. It's like, yeah, because there's only one clearly that can speak <laughs> for all the women. We need you to lean in, Jane. We need you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> even just to layer onto that a little bit, I think that I, I look even at um, you know, most organizations, there's typically the, you know, the head of the organization that always gets asked to be the presenter. <laughs> or be on the yeah. panel and that typically at the next level down, there are you know, often plenty of people that it could actually be the presenter yeah. or be on a panel mm -hmm. and do a great job. It's just that they don't, they're not the one to get asked for. So some of it's, mm -hmm. is the job of the, of the boss, if you will, or that may be to say, wait a second, let's get, get the exposure to the next level down. Um, and part of it, I think is the, to James point, there's, you know, using the resources that are out there to say, well, actually there are people and this may take, a little extra digging, if yeah. you will, to, to get a good representation. That makes a lot of sense. And I guess in the remaining time that we have, I'd like to ask, uh, just to put you guys up against the wall, um, one recommendation for 2020 from each of you um, about how men or women listening to this podcast can can improve things in the, uh, in the workplace culture uh, in this upcoming year. Yeah. And I mean, I don't even think it needs to be workplace culture. I think it's just general how you show up in the world and how you engage. Um, and I think for, for men and especially in social media, like often that's as big an echo chamber as workplace. So, you know, if someone likes or retweets or comments, reach out and say thanks, right? Like engage in the virtual world or engage in the real world mm -hmm. as you engage in the virtual world and vice versa. But I think social media is a spectacularly underutilized resource for district, you know, increasing your network. Because our it tends to be, and it is, again, setting hair on fire. When you look at some guy who you admire and you look at their list of people they follow and it's 99% men, it's like, really, there's no interesting women in the world for you? Like, I judge people real hard for that. Mm -hmm. And Doug? Yeah, I would echo that. I think the, 
guys, I just think need to be intentional about it. And I go back to the whole example of like, when you're developing a a development plan for employees, that's typically about, okay, what skill do you want to add to your portfolio? What do you want to get better at so you can get to the next level or, or do better at your current job? I kind of feel like this is something that's um, fairly, it can be concrete and it doesn't have to be overly formal, but it's almost like, have you actually spent time with your staff, your female staff to understand what, what their career challenges are you know, what their aspirations are, things of that nature. Have you actually been to a conference where, when it's not just all or 99, 99% guys? Um, so I think there's, there's concrete ways to do that. And as James mentioned, I think with social media, to a certain extent, that's, it, it should be a reasonably easy way to engage. You know, it, it doesn't take that much time. Yeah. It's just kind of putting the thought into it uh, from there. And then when you're at conferences, it's really just a matter of, taking the time to introduce yourself to not just the typical people that you already know or the people you think will advance your own career, but just to say, Hey, there's somebody that looks like they want to, uh, they look interesting. Then you, you end up in a win-win situation because if you're not looking across the board, you're not going to be able to really get all the best ideas. So mm-hmm. yeah. uh, the broader the universe, the better off everybody's going to be. True. And that is actually the story how Doug and I met. Like we'd mm-hmm. met at a conference a number of years ago had engaged in social over the years, run into each other along the way. And, you know, eventually like collaboration Mm. opportunities come Mm. to bear. And it's Mm. not like that there always has to be an outcome, but um, Doug is a very natural networker. And I think that is so important. It's less around Mm. what's in this for me, but like, have you two met? Mm -hmm. You guys Mm -hmm. are both in this space. You should totally talk. Like Mm. that is such a, an easy thing to do to connect Mm. people and can have such profound impact. Mm -hmm. I think one nuance that I'm hearing from both of you um, is that it's not really about being a better behaved or better um, employee. It's really about being a more conscious human being, right? Like it it extends way beyond just, you know, are you not harassing people in the workplace? This is talking about really open base level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't know if we're there yet even, but like, right. So, so I guess, I guess there's a certain sensitivity for, for some men, um, you know, where, you know, they're clear, they may not be harassing, but they're not, not necessarily aware that, um, they're not being, um, open the way you guys are describing, like, yeah, I mean, it does. And I think that's usually the sort of the hashtag, not all men response. Well, you know, as long as I'm not assaulting someone, like I'm not causing any harm, but by excluding people, mm-hmm. you are causing harm. Mm-hmm. You're reducing opportunities. Mm-hmm. You're reducing visibility. Like mm-hmm. it, there is a genuine implication by not engaging, and mm-hmm. that sort of very passive approach does have downsides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's. I think it's just really just being conscious. Because there's times when people say, "Oh, we got three of us got together," and then you'll kind of say, "Oh, do you realize that all three of you are three white guys, yeah. and you're gonna." <laughs> you want to make some recommendations. Like, does that represent our entire team? Yeah, probably not. So there's just ways to just be, take the step back um, before you do things to realize what the impact could be. Jane, Doug, thank you very much for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today. Thank, thank you. you so much, Zach. Great to be here. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate it. 